Hey there, this is Ed Tannant and you're listening to Erratic Control. This week's episode was with Aronson and um, I'm not going to spend too long on an intro and outro this week as I'm feeling under the weather and I could barely get words out to do that intro. It took me about six tries, so I'm going to keep it brief. Um, here's my interview with Aronson and you'll also be able to hear a track from them, which there's a video for online right now and the song's called Network. But first, here's the interview with Dan, Mark, Nick, and Tom from Aronson. What did you do at uni? I did live event technology. Ah. So, um, yeah. While, whilst some of my knowledge remains, a lot of it came down to the fact that live sound was um, 9am on a Monday morning. So uh, that's, that was never good for students. But um, <laughs> I think I've, I've, I've done all right out of it. I think, you know... You've done our sound before, and it was good, so uh, I'm sure you have. Have you? Oh my god, have I? I'm sure you have. You've done sound at Hub before, haven't you? Mm, yeah, but I haven't done it for you. Oh. I've seen you. Well, whoever did it was really good. That so. would have been downstairs in club. Yeah. Uh, that was last year, and that would have been Ollie, who is pretty... I think, actually, thinking about it, at the time I also got confused and gave yeah. you credit. Yeah. And you'd so been there. But I was there. I, ah, that's probably why you got confused, because I was doing... Fo- False Hopes for the Savages sound uh, because Ollie's in False Hopes for the Savage we can do so we, we kind of I kind of subbed in at that point so um, yeah that was that was a that was this good lineup that one um, I don't know like that was interesting kind of that stage that, that year it was good to I think I'd I'm not sure where I'd heard of you guys before I definitely oh I must I booked you for did I book you for I think no I think that was your <laughs> first encounter with us and then after that no but I had heard a few of you times. I oh did you play in four bars ever? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. like our so place. Did you see something we did at um, Yasarian? Was that when you were there? Oh, no, that wasn't Yasarian. Uh, no, I'm sure I did sound for you at four bars at some point. Yeah, we was played four like, bars was a lot. like me and Rob? I loved four like, bars. Like, I, I, really just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I lamented. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's like there are other venues that have popped up in its place, like Transport Club and... Tap House is now going to be a music venue. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see yeah. us playing there. Though. Yeah, so I'd like to be the transport. I'm, uh, I'm doing sound in there primarily. So Can you get us a gig there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. That's what we want. There we are. There, there we are. What is, where's the transport club? It's, it's the best drivers like um, retreat sort of thing, isn't it? You know, like yeah, social club. club. Yeah, social, yeah. Yeah, social club, like the bus drivers. It's social not, club. Apparently, it's not just the bus drivers. Apparently, it's train drivers as well. Like Transport. Yeah. Transport. You can imagine that being like a primary school disco. You go in and there's like bus drivers on one side, train drivers on the other. <laughs> it is a little bit like school disco. Yeah. That room, <laughs> like the lighting is very school disco. I had to. I was like switching it all on to see which ones did which. Oh, we love the eighties. And I was like, no, this, this this is giving me flashbacks to like junior school. It's like it's not cool. We'll play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done. Deal. Another gig in the diary. Thanks, Ed. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't booked you. Get it on the record. You've got to give me, give you, do me one thing at a time. <laughs> I can't keep up. Yeah, I've got too much on the go in that sense. But um, so yeah, I think I think that's. I must have heard of you guys a while ago because you were the one of the bands that was considering booking for Oxjam 2014. Would that be right? Yeah, we didn't play 2014. No. Uh, we did last year, so yeah, t- or 2016. Was it because you submitted in 2014 and I listened to you? But possibly. Possibly. Yeah, that would have been our first yeah, iteration yeah. when it was just the three of us we've yeah, been together yeah. for like a couple of months, probably, if that. It's bad that I can't rem- remember things on the last three years. It's like, well, what well, can we? And we're in the band. 2014 so. is more than three years, though, if you think about it. It depends when in 2014. Yeah, it's like, true. imagine if you got a speeding ticket in 2014, you'd be thinking, 
is it still valid? <laughs> Thankfully, I've never got Because you can never really remember what month we got flashed in. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> happens to me anyway. I went through a bad match in 2014. What, flashing people? <laughs> <laughs> Move on. I brought you guys for Ox Jam in 2000. No, because I saw you in Hub, and I must have seen you in Fort Bars and done sound for you at that point. God. It's yeah. bad that we've I done we've done the it. circuit, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it's good, and it's like it's it's an interesting setup. Well, I, I say that, but you know, it's kind of a lot of bands you go into see in Cardiff. You kind of expect them to have a vocalist, and I was like happily satisfied that you got, you guys didn't have a singer. So that was it's always nice to kind of just like not have to concentrate on someone's terrible lyrics as a, as part of a band. And I think you guys pull it off in a way that is engaging because a lot of bands you can kind of watch they can kind of filter into background music so but it's odd because with these podcasts it's usually one-on-one or i've done one so far there's two people but there's four people sat in front of me right now so that's kind of i'm uh, sorry i should apologize because what was it march they started playing with you it would have been three people yeah so you, I, you do one two three i mean sort of progression then three is still a bit one more but yeah not quite two more. i think two is all right because you can kind of have that between, but four people is quite, it's quite intimidating. Well, I think but if the other three be quiet and I just talk, that's the issue with doing these interviews. Like mostly, I've been doing them with solo artists because of that, because you could just talk one on one. You don't have to have like any significant kind of missing of information. Um, but with you guys, it's kind of like it's, it's. I think you're a unit, and so kind of the questions that I would usually ask are kind of ones that might take a while to answer but I can do them anyway and we can see how we go um, so I don't know if any of you listen to the podcast yet yes yes, yeah? indeed cool um, so you might know the questions already uh, I've got really bad memory so. well the, unfortunately the first the first question is about memory uh, I, I think probably what would be best if we go through and like <laughs> and do it like quite quite like succinct answers rather than you know long explanations um, so the first question I usually ask in these podcasts is uh, what's your first musical memory uh, and it's kind of it does relate a lot to, to individuals but if you can kind of go around and we can go left or right or right mine to left. would be listening to my dad's record collection similar for me yeah my parents record collection yeah yeah very similar to me but on the move so yeah, in the car um, they had a compilation singer in the song I think it was and it had like Lou Reed on it and, and Bowie and people like that that late 80s Virgin Radio I remember a lot of as well yeah lots that of Virgin Radio is that still a thing Virgin Radio I think it rebranded to Radio X Thompson it? Twins are a good one to mention Deacon Blue there was a lot of Deacon Blue in there I remember sorry <laughs> succinct succinct <laughs> sorry, that's good that's good, that's good. Ooh, well, Tom, Tom was talking about Deacon Blue I thought we're going to throw them in there, may as well. A bit of the Thompson twins. We're not talking influences, it's just memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gathering that. The Bee Gees? <laughs> no. Well, mine would probably have to be, yeah, as, as Mark said, you know, travelling and long journeys in the car on holiday and things like that. So it would probably be my dad's, always my dad's choice of music. So it would be something like Buddy Holly or Crosby, Stills and Nash. Something like that. It's a lot of male musical influence in all of you then. Kate yeah. Bush. I said I, said I remember parents. listening to you. Yeah. Oh, I said okay. parents equally. Okay. parents. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, parents for me as well. Um, <laughs> my mum did get a luck in, so it was always dad's music. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the, kind of, the second question I ask is, um, what's the first record? Not that you bought, because I don't think a lot of people... Well, I mean, even the new generations, people don't buy albums. Um, but I guess, you know, you know I think... 
I don't know if we're the same age or you guys are a bit older, but like I always bought records and like I still buy records. But um, do you remember the first record you either bought or you chose kind of thing to own? Like we're all in our thirties, pretty much. So yeah, buying buying. It was cassette. Cassettes. I was yeah. cassette. Because I remember. Yeah, so my first record was a cassette. So parting with yeah. hard and cash for, I think definitely maybe on cassette I had. Yeah. Pretty close to when it came out. Yeah, I veered from like looking back to quite cool stuff to awful stuff. I don't know if I should admit it really, but I had yeah, like Oasis, Blur, Pulp, because I didn't take sides, I just liked it all, mm. uh, and Garbage, I remember that, but then on the other side I had like Emanate, do you remember them, like boy band, Emanate, um, and like, um, yeah, and were they Michael Jackson's PJ nephews? and Duncan as well. Emanate, were they Michael Jackson's nephews? Oh, I don't feel so bad about mentioning the Thompson twins. Three T's, was it three T's? <laughs> they were on Huge Hits 96, that's how I know <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say, a very eclectic. What did Emanate? What did Emanate do? Uh, I got a little something for you. Oh, I got a little something for you. You own that. Oh my God. So yeah, you can edit this. No, right. it's fine. <laughs> well, it's like it's not a film, so no one knows who's saying it. It's well, fine. yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Nick. I play drums. <laughs> <laughs> I listen exclusively to Emanate. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine because like um, a lot of a lot of people have said, oh, oh, it's embarrassing, but it's not because when you're a kid, you don't. Not that you don't know any better, but like. You just listen to it. a lot of the time. You kind of pick up on stuff that there was, was on the radio and stuff. stuff on TV as well, like live and kicking. Yeah, I remember Emanate were on that, and then CD UK. Emanate were on that. See, yeah, so see. it was like I've got to buy this cassette now. It's you, didn't have, you didn't have to sit there though. <laughs> I just like Cap Dealy. Yeah. See that? That's weird. That's that. how they get you. Yeah, so that's how they get you. I don't. I don't remember Emanate, but I remember live and kicking in CD UK. So I must have must have Which missed me. Yeah, you missed nothing. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. But it's like. Uh, so the first record I chose, I guess, I didn't buy it, was a, a Backstreet Boys record. So it's like, you can totally have embarrassing first records. I mean, yeah, so, and some have been cool, but a lot of them have just been really kind of like, oh, embarrassing. Uh, a lot of Avril Lavigne and some... some Off the top of your head, what's the coolest record you can think of? Oh God, that's a good question. Quick, quick, just off the top of your head. That you've bought? Or the, the coolest, coolest record I've yeah. ever... Uh, I probably won recently... Um, Oh, Three, God. two, <laughs> one. I can't remember the name of the band though. That's how I bought it. That was the first record. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, so this is like really recent, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Ed was um, going to be late with the punchline, so I had to yeah. ruin the joke. I, I see. So you're coming up with the coolest record you could think of, yeah. I guess. That's that's interesting. What's the coolest record? What's the coolest record you've bought recently? I quite liked uh, the Empyrean by John Frusciante. I was quite impressed with that. That's, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was ages ago, but lately it could be anything to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that 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 Frusciante stuff's a bit kind of more Mars Volta at the drive-in, as you will. They're quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, I just found out today at the drive-in are playing in Europe with Death. From yeah, the they're doing it in Birmingham, aren't they? They're coming to Birmingham. Oh, they're coming to the UK. I just saw that. I just went yes because <laughs> I, I missed out on tickets to Royal Blood because they were supporting Royal Blood yeah I'm then, going to that just for at the driving yeah and, but Royal I Blood. kind of like I'm alright with Royal Blood because they sound like a co- copy of Queens of Stone Age and Desmond Above and that's like mm. fine fine like that's alright with me like as, as long as it's it's not the most gripping stuff in the world, but it's not terrible. It's like I don't, I don't see the hatred for Royal Blood just because it's a bit mediocre. It's like, what's wrong with that? It's a bit contrived, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I think they, they've obviously bit of Led Zeppelin know. in there, which he's obviously doing. He's yeah. really utilising that. 
I love I love a noisy two piece. It's like my favourite sort of blueprint of I'm band. Not too really like a guitar or a bass through as many amps as possible and as mm. many signal processes as possible and like a loud drum kit. Like definitely love doing so well. Not massively into that band, but I do like Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, mm. they're brilliant. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. It's like those those you can't form a new band now without taking influence from about 10 other bands and people can say oh that's contrived because you know yeah. why do you form a band unless you've heard a band that you yeah have, precisely like, unless you're unless you're forming a, a band in the amazonian rainforest you kind of you screwed on create um, originality the acoustics be terrible that's good <laughs> everything will get wet <laughs> doesn't scale well no it doesn't um let's kind of jump ahead of it so you kind of be less individual and talk about you as a band so Originally, you guys were a three-piece, but so we'll start there. When did you kind of start making music together? Um, so it was me and Dan originally. We were in a band uh, together previously um, for a good couple of years. Um, me, because I, I joined. Uh, well, Mark, you, you got me involved. In yeah, the, good old Gamlin's uh, notice board. We were looking to add a fourth member in that band, and then Dan came in. Um, and then, yeah, that, that band sort of just ran its course, really. What was the name of the band? Uh, Shooting the Moon. Um, so yeah, we we played quite a bit. I like, played up in London and stuff. So we, but we felt like we took it probably as far as we, uh, as we could at the time. Um, and then yeah, we just had sort of a couple of weeks off from it. We weren't initially thinking we'd call it a day. And then Dan just sort of came up to me and was like, "Oh, I know you like Joy Division and New Order and all that type of stuff. I've got a couple of riffs." And I'd been writing riffs, and then we put the two together and it just sort of fitted. Mm. Um, so initially we were going to do this alongside shooting the moon but then that sort of didn't carry on um, and then we were like right well we need to get a, a drummer in um, and then we found Nick I think were you on Gamlin's wall not physically but uh, I can't I remember how, I how we got in touch now I can't remember I think it might you wanted an advert definitely didn't you it's um, like I contacted you we met up in City Arms didn't we and, uh, I remember that bit we needed yeah. we wanted kind of like a Stephen Morris uh, type sound drum sound uh, lots of yeah, lots of 16s. We were like, Nick, we only want you to play 16s. And he was like, <laughs> no. And then we were like, well, he's been honest from the, from the start, that's good. And then, yeah, it sort of evolved from that. Um, and then, yeah, we were a three-piece until quite recently. Looks at new fourth member. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think before we get on to the, the turning into a four-piece, um, what kind of led you down the path from going from Joy Division New Order to more of the... I, uh, it's a it's a genre of name that's kind of makes people roll their eyes and stuff when you say post rock, but um, you know any, anything the idea of post rock even like even the words are kind of stupid. It's like how can you be post rock like post punk? I get because that was an era, but post rock like yeah, sure, that doesn't make any sense to me. But um, you know that's a kind of catchall. It's kind of when I talk about dance music as well that's a catch-all for that kind of you know electronica or whatever you can call it um what kind of led to you making that kind of music was it anything in particular i just think we, we're both you're just genuine fans we're both genuine fans of that sort of music you know um bands from around you know 78 to 84 that sort of you know wire all, all and magazine um bands of that sort of build yeah um, you're very much like the Peter Hook high bass style, aren't you? Yeah, to, to, you know, t- taking quite a bit from Peter Hook. I thought that's that's a good sound, and also because it cut you know, the high the high notes just simply cut cut in quite well yeah. as um, well. But, uh, and then I guess it's, it's adding the interest. Then I think if we just turn up and we're doing Joy Division covers, um, 
in, instrumentally, I think that would wear thin for it pretty quick. Um, so then my influences are, yeah, very much like Explosions in the Sky, Mogwai, uh, 65 Days of Static. So as you say, post-rock royalty, mm. I guess. And then Nick, you're a bit more kind of classic rock in a, in, in a way. Um, would you say? Oh, you're quite eclectic, aren't you? He's a huge Who fan. I'm, 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 I bought I like show. This. I bought four LPs the other day: Chopin, Best of Soul, uh, two other classical ones. I like all kinds of crap, really. Yeah. So sort of mixing that together. I think genres are rubbish, really. Oh yeah. What does post rock mean? Well, exactly. That's why I deconstructed it like that because you know those genres are meaningless in this new world of let's get everything. everything. But you have to say, don't you? It's like, whenever you set up a band page, it's like, what do you do? And it's like, how do you sum up what well, we do in, if, in if words? If you PRS, that's the worst. Like, uh, not, not that I've done it personally, I've had to oversee it. And um, I was signing, I was trying to sign up this grime artist and they didn't have a category for hip hop or rap. And I was like, what the f- What, what, what <laughs> is that? You're going to see that Just passed them by, did it? That's <laughs> ridiculous. It's like, but yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. And But then you say you, you bought, you know, classical records and to me I think that this kind of like instrumental lots of guitars uh, kind of and that that steady rhythm and long instrumental pieces and movements in music is the closest thing you can get from modern like music an to hitting classical yeah. Yeah. yeah and so that that doesn't surprise me that you say you buy classical records when you when you're making music like this but I guess like it's it's kind of the new new I, I would say it's a new kind of classical music just with guitars, isn't it? It's like, and then you could even go as far to say as, you know, the more electronic side could be construed to like piano yeah, concerts. That's good. We'll use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we, cool. we were keen, you know, for it not to be. And I think this is a trap we perhaps fell in in the previous band for it to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mm. bridgey bit, very formulaic. and then chorus again, and then maybe chorus again, just to really bring it through. And a lot of the bands that that I love did that. You know, Nirvana, Feeder, they they all. Um, stuck to that formula it worked really well but I think for what we do mixing up the, the sections a bit um, yeah just lends itself as you said earlier about the interest you know no one's the focal point we don't have any words so we need to do something mm-hmm. a little bit different mm. I, and I think kind of making that it, you you can feel it can feel very stop start when you do verse chorus verse chorus and you kind of come to the end of a song and everyone applauds and everyone carries on and then that's very stop start and it can feel very um, formulaic but when you do more instrumental music, these movements, you can kind of get lost in it and there is no start and end. So I think that's kind of... I mean, that's something that I was really sort of like... I, I joined the band in about March. So our first gig as a four-piece was uh, was Hub. I, I was just... A lot of the bands that I've seen sort of like... I'm trying to think of an example who've done it now. Basically just like play... Don't play songs and like stand around in between, like you say, waiting for, waiting for the applause. It's just like you sort of like... You want to kind of like be playing music for you know you know and not have a sort of a start and songs yeah. and things like that. And you're right when you say like use was arrangements and like you know it makes it just for me like a whole lot more engaging when I'm when I'm you know if you see a guitar based drums band who's just playing songs and it's just like okay I know that I've seen those mm. bands do that this this and it's you know we're trying to get the sort of the our samples going between the songs yeah. to sort of like you know put our build bring all the arrangements that we've the songs we've written. You know, well, these guys have written that I've sort of added to since. Hmm. Try not to take too much credit. But. <laughs> We're coming on to you. We're coming on to you. Yeah, that's what we do. Well. But it's like just yeah. to add another layer to it, but also like you know, bring it all together to make it sort of a you know a, the whole 
that we know the whole show more of a piece of music in itself, you know, a yeah. performance in itself rather than and it's quite songs. It's quite tricky. So yeah, Herb's a really good example. I think we really kind of seamlessly played through, and in between songs we had the samples play, and so up until kind of the fifth song, there wasn't a break in mm. in sound. Um, and then you know, I think we said hello or something. And but it's quite tricky because obviously at the level that we're at the moment, we don't know whether that comes across as a little bit pretentious and a little bit aloof that you're not kind of saying hi and thanks for coming to see us and stuff um, whereas I think on a bigger scale it would be accepted oh that's cool because you paid your money to go and see the band and mm. you kind of know what they're doing but I think we should just set out to do what we think is right from from the get-go really and yeah it seemed seemed well received so you, know, you get half an hour of just absolute pure music from yeah. start to finish I and I, I really kind of like um um not I don't know if the right term is in awe of but I'm, I'm impressed by artists who do that who will do a set from start to finish and it seemed continuous because you know it's exhausting playing music live and it, I think people don't realize that sometimes and like um I think to do to do a continuation like that to have no break it can be not only quite exhausting for the band but also can can be exhausting for the audience and like and then I think at the end of it, you feel like you've gone through something. So again, it's like those, those kind of movement stuff. It's interesting as well because, uh, so you, when did the band start? I've got it in my, in my notebook. <laughs> I keep a notebook of things. We, and when me and Mark met, met her, we were deciding our plan of action. We're going to get a drum with things. And it's probably about 2013, that when we first I think, started. I think we, we when came, we started. When we just started throwing riffs about and deciding what we wanted to do with the idea and things like that. Probably about 2013. And then I think midway through 2014, that's when Nick joined yeah. on, on mm-hmm. drums, and then we started trying to get, get gigs then, which would tie in with your Oxjam submission. Yeah, definitely. Seamless. I think so, I think so. It's bad. Seamless like one of our gigs. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Good link. So adding a force member, I think, do you think that is just a way to expand the sound? Absolutely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we... Um, you know, we, we love being a three-piece and, and originally it was we're going to do instrumental and it's going to be post-rock you know mm. um, genre but we always said that we were instrumental post-punk because we wanted it to be a bit more stripped back um, and, and a bit more spiky spiky yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then as the songs age and energy as well isn't it because the energy is a big factor so. yeah absolutely um, but then as the songs started evolving um, they just naturally became a bit more intricate and I think a bit more of an understanding that you know we are instrumental we do need to, to, to work that a little bit harder to, to give interest and also that there's loads of stuff you can do because I think when you've got a singer you're limited you know you don't want the guitars doing a million different things and then the vocals over the top because it just sounds mm. awful basically <laughs> uh, plus then you've got to put with the lyrics like you say um, <laughs> so it's just horrific so we got to the point where we were like right we need someone to come in um, that can add you know some awesome guitar um and that will like fit the dynamic and, and everything so that when we do go to the big chorus, it just blows you away. Mm. And it is like a vocal line in a sense, isn't it? The yeah. additional guitar. So is, is that, was that the kind of thing to add a, a melody to the music? So the brief that I've been friends with Mark for a little while, and the brief that I was basically given was like, we're looking for another guitar player. Hmm. Um, you could we, basically guitar. Wanna, we basically want to like it, make the wiggly bits widdlier and the heavy bits heavier. Yeah, mm. was the sort of brief I was given. But within that, obviously, like all the songs had, you know, a melody line um, running through it as well, as through 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 the bass or the guitar or or Mark, um, and it sort of freed you up a lot to do a bit more leady stuff. 
we can sort of chop and change rhythm and lead a bit now. So there's a mm. there's there's a lot of sort of um, layering and texturing More sort of interplay going on. It freed me up a lot because of the, beforehand it was obviously just the three of us and I was moving from sort of synth to bass and stuff and you could do so much more now it's not much of a mad rush for me mm. to try and get around and we can keep a melody going keep keep the vibe up and I can sort of flip between yeah that's made it much harder for me <laughs> <laughs> you just can't hear anything for, every, for, for everyone else I, I, can, I can see how it could get harder as well no I believe it uh, okay. okay fine I always thought I was being quite clever to think about it. Um, I think one of the most significant things about your band that is kind of different to a lot of local bands in this sense is that uh, you've got an album. And so is that that album came out before you were... Yeah, yeah, before Tom joined, yes. About May last year? Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we just had a, a load of songs um, and we thought, you know, people people need to hear these. Uh, or at least we thought that. So we went in to do an EP, um, and uh, we went into Faster, so just before it closed, the Manic Studio. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so that was really cool. We worked with Loz, the Manic producer. And yeah, we were there for three days, and we just recorded live. Um, and after the first day, we'd already done the four songs that we were going to do for the EP. Wow. Um, and yeah, he just pushed us. He said, well, you know, how many songs have you got that you want? one on the album and we said well we've got some nice kind of again interlude pieces so the mm. album blends together as well like the live set so we said well if we can do eight plus the four interlude pieces we've got yeah we, we, like think is, we actually had really an album good. it was like we put the little um the the um the interludes you hear in the gig and stuff are on are on are on the album and we yeah. found we had about eight online tracks by the end and we weren't expecting that we thought yeah. about three four at the most we'd yeah. get done so we were pleasantly surprised. So yeah, so the EP became became an album. So it was never planned in the first place to make an album. No, I, eventually, absolutely. Yeah, um, not at that point. No. But not not, <laughs> not at that point. No, we you know we we'd agonised over which of the the four songs we were going to do, and then if if we only had time for three, uh, which one would we drop? And yeah, and, and a lot of discussion about it. Um, and then in the end, we just chucked everything at it. What were the original three? What were the ones you went in to do? I think Surface was definitely one. Surface of the Moon. Along with yesterday, because that was... There was a cover of... uh, What was that band you mentioned earlier? New Order. No, off... uh, Oh, Cat (laughs) Dee Dee. M8. That's the one, yeah. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, we were going to lead with 90s boy band covers um, (laughs) and spend our money wisely. I was just about to walk out when we said no. It sounded amazing. Um, He talked you around at the last minute. Yeah, so no, the planes planes that we did did, did tonight uh, was definitely on it. Uh, Yeah, Longer Yesterday, which is towards the end of the album, was one. And then Surface of the Moon, which is our two-part epic sort of synthy, um, melodic first half and then just in your face rocky second half and then we laid those down and then we just carried on going didn't we I was, it was really exhausting it doesn't sound it but it was exhausting we were there for we did a working or well, more than a working day yeah and um, yeah I was sick of the songs by the end I to the same I mean together. I can imagine like recording an album in three days is pretty unheard of like yeah. that's that's some significant work going into something that uh, and having a debut was it like did you just go right let's, let's do an album let's do an EP because because I wanted to ask that question because not many bands on your level an early level will record an album that quickly especially these days it's like it's not a, it's really unheard of and to kind of come out with an album so soon is quite it's a bit punky isn't it not it's not even punky because I think punk at the moment is is punks. defined as you know just like 
doing whatever you can and getting out of there as quickly as possible. But I guess that's what you did. But well, we only had a budget for three days, so we were very mindful. <laughs> we were very mindful. We were very, very, very mindful yeah, of, yeah. at the time. But you know, Loz was absolutely brilliant. That the hours that man put in for us. Yeah, he um, did a lot of um, did a lot of editing of, outside of the three days mm, for so, us as well. And um, yeah, the majority of the, we tried. It was, the three days was going to include the mixing as well, but Loz did a lot after that. But um, we crammed a lot into three days. We really did. Well, I think after the first day, you know, we laid down four songs, and then it was like, right, we've got a whole other day before mixing. Do we want to overdub guitars? And it was it was a bit of. Uh, I think we're great believers in what you hear on on record should mirror. Especially live. if you're recording live, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But then you know we we overlaid a couple of bits, which obviously lends itself to. Um, Tom coming in as well so I think we'd always had that in the back of our mind uh, there was nowhere near as intricate as we are now um, but yeah we kept it predominantly to the three instruments and then we thought well we're done then so let's do another another four songs mm. if we can um, and we, we just rehearsed loads before going in you know it's one of the big things they always say when you go into a recording studio it's on your time Definitely. it's on your money yeah. um, producer doesn't want um, you restarting every single second so uh, yeah we, we were well versed he was very patient very very good and he was not not wasn't up and left at about five o'clock we were there till and eight we got to use all their gear and we got to use all their gear <laughs> yeah. as well yeah yeah I can imagine so dream come true so you said uh, you wanted people to hear these songs and then you kind of added a caveat which is well we hoped people would hear yeah the songs. so how was it received bringing out an album um i think it was i think it was good i mean obviously we we got nominated as, as you know uh, for a cardiff music award for it which was kind of some validation, I guess, of, of, of what what we were trying to do. Um, you know, having it stocked in spillers is is like awesome as well. It's still there. It's still there. Yeah, it's still, it's still I, for sale. I go in at lunchtime, put it in the front of the, <laughs> the, front of the pile. It's got every... That's a good thing about the name. Obviously, Aronson's <laughs> double E. So we're always at the top. See, Alan Brion brought that up. He's really, he's really annoyed with you guys because he <laughs> used to be first on lineups and now you are. Right? Yeah, so everything. <laughs> hub, hub uh, alphabet... Uh, um, yeah. Alphabetizing us in yeah. Is that where the band A1 decided on their name? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Or just A. There's a band from South Wales called A at one point. No, they're uh, A. They... Is that the same A that did nothing? Yeah. A monkey oh. cop. Are they from South yeah. Wales? Yeah, there you go. And Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember Starbucks. No, I didn't yeah. realise they were from South Wales. I didn't yeah. realise that either. Yep. Um, so no, it's great to have an album. I think it was well received. We we'd always had people listening to like SoundCloud and stuff of stuff we've done here in the hall, and you know um, we've obviously recorded some stuff today, and so the acoustics in here are good. But you can't be actually being in in the studio and doing that. So I think people were happy to hear some proper stuff, and yeah, it seems to have been well received. Had a few decent reviews from it, but yeah. it's just trying to get people more people to listen, more people, more to, people listen. to hear that's, about that's us really. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's good to release a significant body of work that early on because you've got so much to play with then instead of just going, oh, I've got one EP and here's a 20-minute set. It's like you've got a full album and then you get to build off of that. And that's really kind of... It's lucky, I think. I think the fact that you managed to pull that off is really lucky. So so Tom joined in March and then your next gig was in August. Was yes. that not break, but was that kind of in between time a lot of adding to what you've already had or was it just circumstantial I don't actually know whether the not having any gigs booked when I joined was intentional but there weren't and it was then it was quite easy to go well okay there's no point they're, set, they're saying towards putting together a 45 half an hour 45 minute set which obviously is going to take us a little bit of time so that's alright we're not actively looking for gigs for what was it March, April, May June, six months was it six months yeah 
Yeah. So what have we been doing? That's, I mean, that's a significant <laughs> hiatus for a band at the moment, like, yeah. especially local bands. So, we, so we, we've, you know, obviously having the album on Spotify was, was great for me because it's suddenly, I'm not sort of going off snippets and recordings and phone recordings here and there and trying to remember uh, what we've what we done the week before. Yeah, so it was just like, it, it was good to have that sort of, you know, as a sort of a point of reference yeah. as well. Also, we've been sort of like writing and jamming new stuff and some of the songs yeah. you've sort of been working on at the time, suddenly, I think, um, you know, we still, we still added a few sections here and there, which is obviously, you know, we took, we took some time to put to It build. came together very, very quickly though. We were just perfectionists. Yeah, it came together really quickly and then, I think one that stood out for me is when we were doing Surface of the Moon and then Tom added his part and thought, this sounds brilliant, absolutely fantastic. It, uh, that was my little... Yeah, and annoyingly, I think what we all kind of class um, our best two songs as now that I'm on the album. Yeah. So... Well, that always, that always happens because you write something new and then it's, it's you know, yeah. the grass is always greener, isn't it? It's yeah, like... I mean, we had something that we, we were playing as, as a three-piece um, network, which is the other song that, that we've done today. And... Um, uh, and yeah, that that was a perfect example of we need more widdly bits and we need more rocky bits or heavy bits, and and that's what's come in. And then that was when we knew we were like, do you want to be like official? And then Tom was like, all right. And then that's when he like got all his gear. He's like, I'm in. It's Facebook official. Now. Facebook, yeah, official. Yeah, yeah. Facebook <laughs> official. Um, and then yeah, we've written a song um, as a four piece together now, like our first song, and 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 then. Um, We've got loads more, so I think it was just a case of from the album, what are the key tracks to learn, and then what are the songs have we got that aren't on the album that need to be kind of rehearsed and played live, and that's where we are at the minute. I think so. Comparing those two hub performances, the second one was a lot more expansive and engaging. I definitely enjoyed the first set, but the second one was a bit more full on. I don't know. It's it's you know you add a you add a section to a a, a band, and sometimes it can go horribly wrong and sometimes it can go great and I think thankfully it's the latter for you guys. Yeah, so. a really good reaction. Even my I'm really nervous. I don't like playing live really, but <laughs> I honestly I, I much prefer the writing but I was but I could I just look when I did look up on the brief moments people were really yeah. really getting into it, you know, tapping the feet and like and really getting into it. And I was like, well, this is quite heartening. This is this is good. We've done we've stumbled upon something <laughs> yeah. right. I yeah. think I think yeah. it's engaging and I think you know Hub Festival is like people are so open to music and I think the only, you know, the only thing that affects how well a band is received is literally what time they go on. So, like, early on in the day, people aren't, like, you know, people, some people aren't even awake. That yeah. early, like, <laughs> so, like, some of the early bands don't get as much recognition as they deserve, but hopefully then next year they get put for a bill and then get that recognition. I think that's, you know, that's what I wanted to do with you, for you lot, because... Um, last year, I think you were on. Food. We were. I think we were like half two-ish. Yeah. On the Saturday, and so everyone's kind of nursing their hangovers, including me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was good, and it was it was kind of engaging. And I was like, right, that needs to have a better platform. So I think you guys were on at like late afternoon. Yeah, about half yeah. six, seven. Yeah. I think it so, was. yeah, and that's, so that's, that's a great perfect. time to yeah. to be engaged. And I'm I'm glad you got that that chance to do that, and you know, getting that recognition by being nominated and getting I know. Wow, uh, when when's this coming out? Yeah, mid to end of September. So you might hear by the time this podcast comes out if you've been shortlisted for the Welsh Music Prize. Oh. Yeah, because you are on a long list. I can oh. tell you. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's a bit of a you know closed. No, it's not a closed club. There's hundreds of people on the on the long, on the the judging uh, panel, obviously, and. 
and you know I'm giving myself away by saying I am one of those people and you're definitely on the long list and you know I know certain people have voted for you so it's like um, that's really great yeah. I didn't know my mum was on the judging panel <laughs> <laughs> how did you get nominated did one of us do that no, it's literally oh. just a long list, and it's oh, like um, we are like the most modest bad dev. I genuinely like. <laughs> you don't put yourself forward. You actually, it's the people on the on the panel who say which albums are at, have come out um, in the last year. So it's like there is a long list of certain albums that kind of get enough notice. And but you know, the, the short list is nine albums. I think it's nine or ten albums. So you know, a lot of Welsh music out there. So you know. Fingers crossed, but you know it's it's one of those things that you know even if you're on the list, I think that's that's significant. Yeah, definitely. So it's like I think that's that's quite a cool thing to have. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know how much you can never assess how much impact you've had. You know, you, like, you know, I, 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 I send off the the album, the link to the album to lots of different, you know, the enemy, many different sort of publications mm. of things, trying to get a review here and there. And when you do get responses, it's a bit disheartening. So you never really know sort of where you stand, really. Yeah, it's so quite. I think I think a lot of it comes down. I've been learning, especially over the past few months. I think a lot of it comes down as to who is sending these tracks, who's sending these links out. And I think if you're a band sending out your record, you're less likely to be picked up in a sense because now I can kind of go, you know, contact certain people and put a record in front of them. They'll take more notice of it, which seems kind of strange. But you know, you know, if you get someone else's approval and then put that forward, then yeah, you know, that's that's significant. But um, I think that's that's kind of a really interesting perspective. I think kind of you guys being in a band that still seems quite fresh, but obviously is three or four years old, um, and then having an album and stuff like that is, is quite a significant stepping stone to begin with. And I think you you all seem very eager to carry on with it. So, like, what's the next step? Do you think in, in with the band retirement? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> We're on the long list. That's all that matters. We're done. Um, no, I think I think it's just getting the right. People, you know, we're not in it to, to become rich and famous. We're doing mm. it because we we love it. And you know, if we were in it to be rich and famous, being instrumental with a leaning towards post punk is probably not the approach that's going to get post, us there anyway. Exactly. Um, so I think it's it, it comes back to um, yeah, just getting people to hear us and, and getting people to, to know who we are and just enjoying the music, coming to the gigs and just build building the fan base and then whatever happens, happens. But I just like to know that the right people heard us and then if nothing further happens from there, so be it. But at the moment I feel like we're just we're under the radar and we need to get ourselves mm-hmm. I just love, somewhere. I'm, I'm just I absolutely love playing live again. Polar opposite down. Like I hadn't done it in years, years mm. and years and years and it's just like it was Brilliant. That's why. That's why. Why I'm. That's why I'm in it. I just want to play more shows. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like. Yeah. I, yeah. It's it's funny when you said, "Oh, like writing's my favorite part of it," because I I couldn't stand writing when I was in a band. Like, and I'm and I'm more of Europe where I love being love playing live, yeah. and that was like really what kind of did it for me. And at one point, I was like, maybe I should be in a covers band so I can just do that all the time, not have to worry about yeah, writing Barry's, songs. Barry's the place to be for covers bands. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, I, yeah. And, Funnily enough, the band I was in was from Barry, like the last one I was in. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 funny in that sense. But um, yeah, no, now I would never ever be in a coach band. So that's kind of that's a different thing altogether. I don't know if you did answer that question properly about well, just kind of getting your name. What's coming next? Yeah, yeah. just we've talked about like trying to put an EP together because we've got a few songs that we've worked on as a four piece. Some songs that you guys have put together as three pieces, which were brilliant, and now sort of have taken on a slightly different sort of angle as a four piece. I, I, we, we've talked about this quite a lot and I think we've sort of you know 
not re-recording stuff now because it's sort of a four piece but working on the new stuff mm. and trying to get you know trying to get some some of the some of the new tracks to be working yeah. on which we're absolutely chuffed with so far it's a couple of really um, strong ones we think will really yeah, if yeah. heard by the right people would not quite sure we're at another yeah. album <laughs> just yeah. yet but definitely <laughs> yeah, definitely no, trying no, to get def- trying to get at least an ep down on the record. key tracks yeah i like, mean I, I mean, a lot of what I've been talking about recently, like on mic and off mic, is about whether albums are very current. But I think with the type of music you guys do, I think it is. I think it's more. It does lean towards more. I think as an instrumental band, you don't. You wouldn't ever put out one song. You might, I guess, um, but it, it works a lot better in movement. It works a lot better unless you are like writing standalone songs as an instrumental piece, which I think is, can be quite difficult to kind of make two songs sound that different when they're instrumental songs. I don't know, you know, I, I haven't written music properly for, for years now, so like, I can't, I can't say for certain, but I think, yeah, making, making a stronger kind of collection of songs is, is something, you, especially like the idea of movements and stuff that you guys... And that's what we sort of tried to put together. We, when we, like, you know, as I say, with the, with the Hub Festival, we're trying to like, we, we're thinking about like how the songs are going to go into the samples and, and thinking of the whole gig as like sort of one movement. And I think you look at the other, you know, again, post drop bands that are putting, they're still putting out albums. Mm. And it's like for the, for what we play and for the type of music we play, I think it's, it makes, like you say, a hell of a lot more sense to release a body of work in that sort of, in that sort of style rather than, I don't know, actually know what the alternative is to be, yeah. just like, you know, like streaming things via YouTube or... Yeah, you know, exactly. Or, just know. drop, drop... Yeah. A single song, but that's like the I look, you know, the new Mogwai album that came down last week, and you know, I listened to it from start to finish, and then started it again, mm. and it's just like it's, it feels like one journey. Yeah, you know? it's just really yeah. away. I think the resurgence of vinyl is helping as well. You yeah, know, you're, so, you're forced to listen from start to finish, you know, for good or bad. Is your album out on vinyl? Um, it's not, unfortunately. Oh, love We'd love that. Yeah, it's a bit, <laughs> bit cost-prohibitive yeah, at the is. moment. Mm. I looked into it and... Uh, yeah, it, it is, but I think if you've got the option to do it, it's like, especially with that kind of music that you do, it's like, as a format, it's kind of perfect for that. It's not like you chop and change through it. It's a one continuous listen, isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. The issue is that, well, certainly me, like, creatively, I've got quite expensive tastes so it's like, <laughs> uh, and then with with vinyl you yeah. know I'm, I'm like well we I saw a vinyl before it was a record store they release it was transparent mm. but then it had um string inside it like colored string that had been wow. pressed within it and like you see something like that and then there's other vinyl that's got i think the drive soundtrack had liquid in it so as it span around it had this liquid and i'm just like well, we can't just release a black vinyl. Yeah, like, we've yeah, got yeah. to do something. And then you go on the, I go on the site, and like, the black vinyl's already expensive anyway. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I don't want that. And then, right, well, we need the gatefold packaging, and then we need <laughs> the liquid, but then we need, yeah, the antifreeze to stop the liquid from... <laughs> and, then, and then we need all of this, and then it's like, yeah, £100 per vinyl. And, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, not quite that bad. But, yeah, it's... Yeah. We wouldn't get the return. I guess, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, like the more you make, the, the less. Expensive. I mean, have you if you seen all of the the crazy things Jack White's done with vinyl? A uh, couple of bits, but yeah. not just not as just, okay. just sit down and go on the Third Man Records YouTube and just lose yourself in that. Because even even for me, as someone who isn't that interested in vinyl, it's still very impressive. It's like it's, it's crazy the things you can do with physical medium like that. It's great. It's like yeah. it's added dimension. <laughs> We're really kind of interested in the artwork as well. You know, everything that we do has got to look just right. And I think, as nice as the CD is, having the artwork blown mm. up on 
uh, that you know, one of our fans printed it on a t-shirt for our album launch and he turned <laughs> up and it, we were like yeah it does look really really good and he's like it should it cost me 25 quid like, <laughs> we're like we wouldn't even pay that for ourselves <laughs> no the, the, I think the artwork is actually worth mentioning it's your friends yeah it's all like shout, it's all so. friends yeah so yeah. Uh, Angela McGee um, so yeah she's um someone I used to work with um, and is now an art student or an art graduate now maybe um, and yeah she's just brilliant and she's photography uh, predominantly and some of the stuff that she's done is is great so yeah the artwork uh, I just messaged her and I was like don't suppose you've got a chestnut tree on a hill in maybe black and white with some clouds over it she was like yep <laughs> so it was perfect it really does it does fit so well it's a very so somber quite so somber image yeah. it does fit the mood of the music <laughs> definitely I think. I, I think I've talked previously on the podcast about how like imagery is so important to music sometimes like you know obviously music in and of itself is supposed to evoke imagery but once you add something to it it gives it a lot of context and in that vein, like, I think a lot of instrumental music works quite well with, with visuals because then you've got, then you can add something to it if you, and you guys, have you got any music videos or at all? No, see, that's interesting. We've discussed yeah. having, like, um, with the visuals in a live context, mm. like, yeah. a couple of bands are doing it and it's like, it's, it's so powerful, like you say, and it really does, like, you know, in the absence of, like, a focal point, like a, a singer or a, lyric, a lyricist or something like that, you know, it adds that extra dimension. Um, it's something we've discussed. There is a screen in here. I'll try it out next I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, if, if you've got the technology, why not? Like, None of us um, own a projector, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we can't and work out how to get the screen down. They acquired oh. investment projectors, that's, that's yeah. one of the big things it's, about it. It's yeah. definitely, and like every time I've seen bands, uh, instrumental bands with visuals, absolutely blown me away when it's done well. Definitely. Um, uh, Mogwai and, and these bands and Explosions in the Sky and stuff have, have all done soundtracks. And that's, I think that's quite a significant way of, you know, doing something with your music because then, you know, you don't have to concentrate so much on whether it's going to be engaging because it's it's sitting within something. But I guess I guess it kind of, you can kind of put visuals to a soundtrack with, with music like this. But it's you know, it does, it's not all the be all and end all of. Some of ours would lend it, lend themselves like Super Simul, I think would lend itself quite well to some sort of Spider Man Four. Very... <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> No, because some of them are quite, they sound it's quite cinematic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was not too overblown to say. And we led themselves quite nice. Um, I think, to, yeah, to a, I mean, you know, it's, it's an extra dimension, but it doesn't have to be necessary as well, I think. I think you got, it can be engaging enough on its own. And I think if it does need, if it needs visuals, then maybe it's not doing its job well enough. Mm. So I think, you know, the fact that you guys don't have a visual element to it, but it's still engaging, I think is, you know, it's a good grounding point and then adding to that can only make it better yeah i think the next step would be to get a video together you know for a particular song so again it, it sort of goes against everything we've said but um <laughs> in terms of youtube um and trying to get some form of attention i guess putting up a song with visuals is probably uh, one of the next steps we'll look mm -hmm. to do uh, we just need to decide what the song is i think we know what the song is uh, and record that song and mm -hmm. then we'll go from there but cool that's good that's good um so to kind of wrap things up because I think we've been going for about an hour now which is good good time uh, so the last two questions I asked I kind of changed them recently changed one of them recently because it was um, kind of not get, getting very good answers because <laughs> uh, I think it's a question that um, some people don't really have an answer to but that's the second question but the first question is is there anything you've been listening to recently that's been really kind of capturing you that you really liked 
it doesn't have to be something that's come out recently. It's just something you've been listening to recently. I so. discovered Stone Temple Pilots uh, two days ago. Wow. I thought they were really, really heavy, and then I put on a 2002 album and discovered that they were completely different to what I thought they were, mm. and I rather enjoyed it. You're going to be gutted when you find out their singers died. Is he? Yeah. Oh, oh God! Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I just thought that. Oh, is, it, is it my fault? So, no. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it is one of those things when you, when you start listening to a band and go, oh, they still go. Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, good job. But, right, we should get on to making the second record then. <laughs> Before our singer. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a lot. Maybe of... we could do a concept album about like a singer that doesn't exist. Was that the Who's question died? that usually throws up a lot of crap? Or... <laughs> no. Because no, 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 no. we've done that. <laughs> No, but um, yeah, so that's the, yeah, Scott, Scott, Scott Wayland. Yeah, it's the, there's a guy from Stone Temple Pilots. I have, no, yeah, I've no idea who any of them are. That's fine, that's great, that's, that's better than. It's like when someone, uh, one of my friends was like, oh man, Jeff Buckley, like, have you ever seen him live? And I was like, <laughs> cringe. <laughs> yeah. That's <no. laughs> <laughs> like, the worst question. Uh, anyone else got anything to um, New Queens of Stone Age album is just awesome. It took me a, it took me a couple of listens. Mm. Uh, but I'm thoroughly on board now. Um, it's been de- it's been divisive. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, I think a lot of people got caught up with the fact Mark Ronson's been involved. Yeah, if, um, I think if you if you that wasn't colouring the album, it, it'd have a different. I think because the last album was so strong. Yeah, that it's hard to follow that, and I think that's been that's always been the case with Greece of Stone Age. And the circumstances were completely different this time around as well. Precisely, so the last yeah. album was based on him not thinking he was going to be alive, and uh, yeah, writing about that experience. Yeah. Whereas, how did you write about having probably the best four years exactly, in, in the yeah, band yeah. that you've had? I mean, that band is so significant, much much more significant in the mainstream music scene now than it was four years ago. Like it's it's crazy. It's like. I didn't realise they could sell out shows that quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, no, and it's good to see because I'm, I'm a big fan of the Cribs and, and their new album's awesome as well. Mm. And actually, that was recorded in five days and, and released. So it charted slightly higher than ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was the thing, they were number one in the midweeks and then everything kind of steamrolled them all the stuff you'd expect, you mm. know, Ed Sheeran and everyone. Um, and they finished number eight, I think. And it's like quite disheartening that, um, that that was happening. But then Queens of the Stone Age were number one. Um, so it just goes to show there is still an appetite out there for it. Hmm, that's good. I go through cycles really. I've got quite a big sort of record collection of things. So I go through cycles. So I go um, back to stuff I bought years ago. And uh, um, so at the moment I've kind of gone back to Big Star. They're, they're not that well known, but they, you know, they've been around for. No, they're not around anymore. Big Star? I think recently about three Five or four. Star. Big Star. Right. So I've gone back to sort of their third album and it's uh, quite sort of dark in places but really good, like more sort of on the acoustic side. We've already said the more well. So. Okay. Yeah. I, did, I, I listened to um, Bank of Gallops quite heavily as well. Yeah. I played in club with uh, support band that was also really good. Um, yeah. Was it last year? Or earlier this year? Really good anyway. And like sort of like that sort of like we, know, we talked earlier before we started talking about the, the sort of progression from instrumental bands into sort of synthesizers mm. and they've just done it so well mm. and it's like it's really like yeah it's uh, yeah, got those sort of moments like live where you sort of like they sort of get sort of bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger and it's just like yeah I know so someone compared um, someone of my friends compared 
compared to 65 Days of Static to the Prodigy when they went electric. And I was like, oh, God, that's... I can see what you mean, because they did go very, very dancey very, very quickly when they went from their kind of rock stuff. It was to... a big shift, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. and I mean... At the know, time, it was a bit too much for me, but like, looking back at it now, it was like to sort of see where they sort of... Yeah, definitely. I mean, because I'm into those two... Those two types of music it was fine for me because I was just like well they're, they're just now a different band but I think for some people they, they hated it and like you know well everyone everyone knows and so it was, yeah it was difficult it was difficult to hate that sort of progression because it was it was still the same band mm-hmm. and they were still playing the, the melodies were still there and the rhythms were still there it was just arranged very differently mm-hmm. so yeah I think I, that's probably a question I, I've missed with, with you guys was do you ever see yourself going down that route or is that Something you, you're probably not interested. I in. bought a synthesizer. You bought a synthesizer. <laughs> oh, the little the cork. Oh, the corgi. The tiny yeah. one. To be honest, that's like uh, a gateway synth. The micro cork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's the Volca. So it's even smaller even than the micro. Even smaller than the micro. Yeah. Jesus. But that's just like it was like eighty quid on mine. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, even if I don't like it, I'll sell it for that. Mm. And it's just like, no, I want a bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. We I'm, want to I'm married to my guitar. Yeah, we've you know we've got obviously we've got the synthesizer there, and that adds. But I kind of see it as more of a sort of an underbelly of a song it mm. gives it a bit of a swell and a big sort of I think we'll have to see how it goes really yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're writing a lot of stuff at the moment some of the, some of the risks we've been jamming around are very sort of would lend themselves quite well to sort of maybe slightly gentler instrumentation in places yeah, we'll just have to see what comes out really when you put a drum kit and another guitar behind it you yeah, might change your I mind mean, so. yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting in kind of the electronic beats as well as kind of you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but like yeah Hopefully you don't you you don't want to replace a band member with a machine. Well, I mean, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, it's sometimes it's less troublesome to have a digital. Thing. In your case, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, in a block party, I remember that. Like the first album was awesome, and then I forget mm. the guitarist name, but by about the third album, he was very marginalised. Um, he was a singer, yeah, oh, Keely Kelly, um, and yeah, he's very marginalised because it was very synth heavy, mm. and that's obviously what sparked the whole split up. And then the comeback album was very guitar heavy, so they obviously placated him. <laughs> so what I'm just sh- trying to say I'm is, I don't sure want that, that to happen. That is accurate. Silent is that not accurate? No, I think what did happen was they decided they were gonna. I th- I'm not see again. This might be inaccurate as well. I don't know which side of the story it's true. What I heard was that they agreed from the start that they'd write four different albums that right. were going to be concentrated on the four different members so like right. they would approve like one so I think the first album was based off the guitarist's idea of all guitars second album was more like melodic I think that was Kelly's album third album then was a very electronic which you know might be the drummer it might be the bassist but like and then the fourth album was a bit more heavy and I, I really those four albums to me I really like and then the two guys the rhythm section left and they're awful now <laughs> they're terrible now and I can't stand them and you know that's you know that, that's so significant isn't it the drummer was amazing yeah Matt Tong is a brilliant drummer yeah. and, and um, Gordon Mokes is the bassist he's in a band called Young Legionnaire now who are phenomenal yeah I saw them open for Foles in club upstairs which was probably one of the best gigs I've ever been to because you know you've got so many amazing bands and, 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 and then you're that far away from them. it's great yeah <laughs> don't I see Foles in club as well yeah, yeah. I've, seen them, I've seen them twice in club and both times I was in the front row and I don't think there's going to be ever a live experience that's going to match that cause it's I like... saw Foles in the Jericho in Oxford so I, used, I lived in Oxford for a bit and it was just yeah. like yeah like sold that from Dan Joe it was just like, yeah. you know, like the, been upstairs in the Jericho in Oxford is, is 
probably smaller than upstairs in club. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. It's, it's just shape. like, for a band like that as well, for a live band like that, it's so great to have them that close to you. I, I, think, um, I think I really enjoy small venues like that. Anyway, uh, so the kind of the final question that I ask, um, which is one that I've kind of thought about changing, and sometimes like, I ask it and people don't even, like, don't even have an answer for the, sec- the, the second iteration of this. So originally it was, what's your favourite album of all time? And so people are like, oh, I don't have one. Like, I, it's changes and stuff like that. Not that I'm like whinging that that's like an answer, because to me it comes so easily as to to say what my favourite of something is. I love but, lists. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think <laughs> you know, uh, and but then a lot of people have just said, oh, I don't have a favourite album. So like, I've kind of changed it now to what record most influenced you or influences you musically at this point and like got you into music or kind of now still influences you and I think um, probing question yeah and I think it, it with with four of you in at once I wonder if you can reach a conclusion to one that <laughs> give the same answer the, yeah. at the same time like, like we said at the start we've all got such different different uh, influences where we've come from Nick's got the classic rock side and Mark and Tom like sort of the newest guy for like <laughs> you're shaking your head there. Right? I, I, I wouldn't say I agree I know, not, with the... not completely and totally, but you bring that sort of element of classic rock with you, the seventies stuff. I and I, sort I, of like... I think classic rock as a genre, well, the name especially. I I, is... I, I like more of the jazzy drummers like Mitch Mitchell, the Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah, exactly. I don't classic know. rock. That's classic rock. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, it's I not think, though. I think classic rock. Rock is straight shit drumming. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sh- I think classic yeah. rock has got such a stigma behind that. That term's got such a stigma. It's, it was a broad brush term, I apologise yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, I... Oh, I, I apologise for my... Uh, I said post-rock. comments. I said post-rock <laughs> earlier, though, and that's... You know, people hate that term, so it's like... I, it's completely understandable when you're trying to put these things into categories, but um, you shouldn't, really. But I know, I know what you mean, and I, I can kind of see what your perspective is. Like, that, those kind of more interesting drummers from that era... And I don't think I would define that as classic rock. I don't think I define Jimi Hendrix as classic rock. I don't think I define Led Zeppelin as classic rock because they're more outside the norm. And to me, classic rock seems quite normal. So that's that's when, my opinion on it. Anyway, off the top of your head, classic rock band: one, two, three, Guns and Roses. Uh, similar. Yeah. yeah. I would have said like the, the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, again. Very, okay, yeah. one, two, three, the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's what I think of. And I quite like the Eagles. Like, so like straight, shoot, like, straight shooting rock rather than stuff yeah. like Zeppelin and, and Jimi Hendrix and well, to a certain extent the Who. Pink, like someone said to me, oh, Pink Floyd's classic rock. I'd be like, it's not. Like, oh, no, certainly it, not. Yeah, yeah, Jimi Hendrix's no. music, if you like, is inspired by music, isn't it? It's not inspired by rock music mm. or... Whatever music. But then it's rock just, music was inspired by blues and blues. It's inspired just, by, yeah, like I don't think we could ever really coming back to your question. I don't think we could ever really agree on one album. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we can't see really yeah. yeah. way off the plot, don't yeah. 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 no, um, I mean, we all find some sort of common ground as we all stuck yeah, together. Lots of, yeah. I mean, you know, with the with the sort of you know the the, the post punk, there are sections of you know certainly what I listen to my influences that take heavily from that. And it's like, like you're saying, like everything influences everything else. There's plenty of common ground that we can find that sort of put some. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Can you think of an album if you put on, say, you're going to a gig, and you, you're going in the car and you put on one album that you will all equally like. Goodness. Our own album? <laughs> Can we say that? Yeah. We all equally like that. Our, Our own CD album. CD player's broken. <laughs> 
We'd all shop in separate cars anyway. Uh, so. Yeah, it's been for about three years. God. Yeah, basically. Well, I think there's there's Sorry. links between all of us, though, isn't there? I think yeah. probably I'm the closest maybe to Tom in terms of you know we love explosions in the sky and Mogwai and all of that, and then probably my love of Joy Division is matched only by Dan, and then Dan probably feeds a lot more into um, not classic rock, but the stuff <laughs> the stuff that Nick the stuff that Nick. So we all sort of we all sort of interlink, and then I think that's that's Which why the is. why the dynamic. <laughs> Dynamic works. I mean, David Bowie. I mean, it's safe to say. I think we all love David. We all love David Bowie. Should we say David Bowie? Low. David Bowie. Say low. Our common ground is playing music. Yeah. Very diplomatic. We'll take very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's great. That's. I think you did find an album. Then, do you? Will you agree on that one? You think? I'm massively inspired by the Beatles as well. Mm. I have to put that in. I'm not sure if I you're a like massive Beatles. fan. <laughs> I, don't no, like I, didn't, I didn't think you were. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. And just, but just, again, so there's just when we thought we reached it, I know, snatched I, I, a feat for the jaws of victory. Yes, it's low by David Bowie. Well, the issue, the issue is that low, low might influence what I play more than Spiders from Mars, but Spiders mm. from Mars is my favourite Bowie album. Mm. So, it, yeah. So, so, yeah, let's let's go with low David Bowie because we we try to cover a couple of songs off that. Do you agree with that? As well. well, I'm thinking something more uh, classic I, rock. I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to make a note to listen to this album. <laughs> you love it. It's your favourite album. Oh, it's definitely his favourite. My favourite is probably the best. On the way to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go with that. The best of David Bowie. There we go. The best of classic rock. <laughs> Featuring David Bowie. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, and thank you for inviting me to space. I don't think I think you mentioned it very briefly, but this this is probably one of the more interesting spaces I've done a podcast in. So thanks. What do you thanks think for of the sound? Yeah, it's great. It's great acoustics. Hopefully, yeah. I think it just sounds great. I'd like great to do something in the year. I reckon you do a good album in the year, but don't tell anyone. No, no. I won't. I'm not going to reveal where we are. I think that's, <laughs> oh, that's, I think right, that's, yeah. I think that's, that's probably, amazing. Yeah, so exactly. it's top secret. I reckon, yeah, I reckon you should keep it a secret because the you idea. See, we've like really dampened the room in, in an odd way to make the sound really crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just those awful curtains. Yeah, some jazzy yeah. curtains. We've tried to jazz up the room a little bit to distract from the curtains. Yeah. <laughs> Which will probably quite like the curtains. I don't think. Unfortunately. How would you then... describe the curtains for the, for the I, benefit I, of podcast? I, I, Jazzy. Around the world in 80 Jaws. Yeah. Classic. Must, around the world in 80 Jaws. Grotesque. I, I like them. But then again, they, they remind me of the, the curtains of my parents' house, so maybe, maybe that's why. You could probably have them if you wanted to. No, they're going in the next two weeks. Are they? Yeah. Fantastic news. There we go then. Oh, wow. Just they're, they're, they'll be uh, a marker then. When they're in the video. The they'll be like, they'll <laughs> the mandate the video accordingly. Yeah, cool. And thank you for sitting around one microphone, being so close together. Oh, we um, get on. Yeah, so yeah. Thank you very much for coming down to our... Yeah, thanks for... Yeah, it's great. It's thanks for featuring us on your podcast. Yeah. Thanks for getting us a gig at the transport. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's good oh, news. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So do you want to do you want to tell me, just so I've got it recorded, what the two songs you played were? Um, yeah, well, I suppose it depends what order you, you're playing back in. But yeah, we've played Network First... Uh, followed by the planes. Cool. So the planes is on the album. Network is our. Is a new one. We need to cool. record this song. Yeah. Cool. And I think that will be the one that goes on the podcast. So. Um, and then, uh, what gigs have you got coming up? Who wants to take that one? Me again. God. I can't remember the order of them. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> third third of October, we're at Goody Who supporting Lord Castle and the Drums uh, on their UK tour. So that's. 
cool. Uh, then we're playing Ox Jam that week on the Saturday in Fuel, but we're not sure what time we're on yet. It's on the um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully a nice late one. Um, <laughs> and then uh, November, it, we're really looking forward to it. We're supporting the Telescope. Ah, oh, yes. On their UK, well, on their world tour, actually. They're coming straight over from Paris, I think, to play. Um, and that is the 22nd of November at the Moon, which thankfully is reopened. Yeah. See, is that the weekend I'm going to see Queens of Stone Age? That is the question. We'll have to cancel that then, really. Because, like, because um, you mentioned that on the Hub uh, podcast, and so it stuck in my mind. Telescopes, and then they popped up on my Spotify the other day, and I was like, "Oh, they're quite, they're quite into this." So they've done like, just about everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what yeah. sort of set they put together because it could be any of like four extremes. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it? so it's quite significantly different. Shoegaze, yeah, yeah. grunge. So the, 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 what, they were, what they were playing in like the early nineties <laughs> would be very relevant, certainly at the moment, mm. and suit us. But well. maybe some of the albums they released more recently, it would be difficult, to, <laughs> difficult, difficult to pick a band to support. It's quite ambient and quite sort of <laughs> noise rock in places. Yeah, as well. soundscapey mm. in places. Yeah. I always think that. Some of you guys are a little like just a, an element of that. I think. Well, maybe that is. I think we're confident. This is why this is why I don't book gigs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, hopefully a lot more to come and more more releases and stuff. And, Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for having me and for, for, for playing some music for me. It's it's always nice to to hear some music in in the flesh when it's that good. Thanks for having well, well, me. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. And here's the track we recorded together um, just before the interview. Uh, this is Network by Aronson.
So thanks to the four guys from Aronson for that interview. Um, it was great to kind of be in that space with them and have a long chat and hear their music. They've been really kind of enthusiastic about being on the podcast and uh, they're an enthusiastic band and I recommend you listen to them and check them out. Uh, they do have an entire album on Spotify, which you can listen to. Uh, next week's episode is with Ed Clemens, who's from uh, The Echo and the Always and False Hope for the Savage, as well as being from some other bands in the past you might be interested in, and that'll be out next Wednesday. But until then, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>